Hare Krishna everyone, we are continuing to read The Science of Self-Realization, the book by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second chapter, Choosing a Spiritual Master, and this section is called The Absolute Necessity of a Spiritual Master. Continuing. Gentlemen, it has been a mania of the cultured in brackets or uncultured society of the present day to accredit the personality of Godhead with merely impersonal features and to stultify him by claiming that he has no senses, no form, no activity, no head, no legs and no enjoyment. This has also been the pleasure of the modern scholars due to their sheer lack of proper guidance and true introspection in the spiritual realm. All these empiricists think alike. All the enjoyable things should be monopolized by the human society or by a particular class only, and the impersonal god should be a mere order supplier for their whimsical feats. We are happy that we have been relieved of this horrible type of malady by the mercy of His Divine Grace, Paramahamsa Parivrajikacharya Bhakti Siddhanta Sraswati Goswami Maharaj. He is our eye-opener, our eternal father, our eternal preceptor, and our eternal guide. Eternal guide. Let us therefore bow down at his lotus feet on this auspicious day. Gentlemen, although we are like ignorant children in the knowledge of the transcendence, still his divine grace, my Guru Deva, has kindled a small fire within us to dissipate the invincible darkness of empirical knowledge. We are now so much on the safe side that no amount of physical, philosophical argument by the empiric schools of thought can deviate us an inch from the position of our eternal dependence on the lotus feet of His Divine Grace. Furthermore, we are prepared to challenge the most erudite scholars of the Mayavada school and prove that the personality of Godhead and his transcendental sports in Galoka alone constitute the sublime information of the Vedas. There are explicit indications of this in the Chandogya Upanishad 8.13.1 Shyamachavalam prapadye, shavalachyamam prapadye. Quote, For receiving the mercy of Krishna, I surrender unto his energy. In brackets, Radha. And for receiving the mercy of his energy, I surrender unto Krishna. Unquote. Also in the Rig Veda 1.22.20. Tadvishno paramampadam sada pasyanti suraya 
Quote, the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu are the sublime, supreme objective of all the demigods. These lotus feet of the Lord are as enlightening as the sun in the sky. Unquote. The plain truth so vividly explained in the Gita, which is the central lesson of the Vedas, is not understood or even suspected by the most powerful scholars of the empiric schools. Herein lies the secret of Sri Vyasa Puja. When we meditate on the transcendental pastimes of the Absolute Godhead, we are proud to feel that we are His eternal servitors and we become jubilant and dance with joy. All glory to my Divine Master, for it is He who has, out of His unceasing flow of mercy, stirred up within us such a movement of eternal existence. Let us bow down at His lotus feet. Gentlemen, had He not appeared before us to deliver us from the thraldom of this gross worldly delusion, surely we should have remained for lives and ages in the darkness of helpless captivity. Had He not appeared before us, we would not have been able to understand the eternal truth of the sublime teaching of Lord Chaitanya. Had He not appeared before us, we could not have been able to know the significance of the first shloka of the Brahma Samhita. Ishvara Paramah Krishna Sachit Ananda Vigraha Anadiradir Govinda Sarvakaranakaranam Quote Krishna, who is known as Govinda, is the Supreme Godhead. He has an eternal, blissful, spiritual body. He is the origin of all. He has no other origin, and he is the prime cause of all causes. Unquote. Mm. Personally, I have no hope for any direct service for the coming crores of births of the sojourn of my life. But I am confident that someday or other I shall be delivered from this mire of delusion in which I am present so deeply sunk. Therefore, let me with all my earnestness pray at the lotus feet of my Divine Master to allow me to suffer the lot for which I am destined due to my past misdoings. But to let me have this power of recollection that I am nothing but a tiny servant of the Almighty, Absolute Godhead, realized through the unflinching mercy of my Divine Master. Let me therefore bow down at His lotus feet with all the humility 
at my command. Haribo. Such a beautiful offering, such a beautiful speech by His Divine Grace. We have completed chapter 2 and we're starting chapter number 3, Discovering the Roots. The first section is called The Immortal Nectar of the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. Introduction Through the centuries, India's greatest philosophers and spiritualists have praised the Bhagavad Gita as the distilled essence of the eternal Vedic wisdom. In his meditations on the Bhagavad Gita, versified here, the renowned 6th century philosopher Shankara glorifies the Gita and its divine author, Sri Krishna. Although universally celebrated as an impersonalist, here Shankara reveals his devotion to the original personal form of God, Lord Shri Krishna. And Srila Prabhupada elucidates. Hmm. So, first verse. O Bhagavad Gita, through thy 18 chapters, thou showest upon man the immortal nectar of the wisdom of the Absolute. O blessed Gita, by thee, Lord Krishna himself, enlightened Arjuna. Afterward, the ancient sage Vyasa included thee in the Mahabharata. O loving mother, destroyer of man's rebirth, into the darkness of this mortal world, upon thee I meditate. Second verse. Salutations to thee, O Vyasa Deva. Thou art of mighty intellect, and trine eyes are large as the petals of the full-blown lotus. It was thou who brightened this lamp of wisdom, filling it with the oil of the Mahabharat. Purport By His Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada has written this commentary on the verses by Shankaracharya. Alright. Shripad Shankaracharya was an impersonalist from the materialistic point of view. But he never denied the spiritual form known as Satchit Ananda Vigraha, Brahma Samhita 5.1, or the eternal, all-blissful form of knowledge that existed before the material creation. When he spoke of Supreme Brahman as impersonal, he meant that the Lord's Satchit Ananda form was not to be confused with the material conception of personality. In the very beginning of his commentary on the Gita, he maintains that Narayana, the Supreme Lord, is transcendental to the material creation. The Lord existed before the creation as the transcendental personality, and he has nothing to do 
with material personality. Lord Krishna is the same supreme personality and he has no connection with the material body. He descends in his spiritual, eternal form, but foolish people mistake his body to be like ours. Shankara's preaching of impersonalism is especially meant for teaching foolish persons who consider Krishna to be an ordinary man composed of matter. No one would care to read the Gita if it had been spoken by a mortal man, material man. And certainly, Vyasadeva would not have bothered to incorporate it into the history of the Mahabharata. According to the above verses, Mahabharata is the history of the ancient world and Vyasadeva is the writer of this great epic. The Bhagavad Gita is identical with Krishna. And because Krishna is the absolute, supreme personality of Godhead, there is no difference between Krishna and his words. Therefore, the Bhagavad Gita is as worshipable as Lord Krishna himself, both being absolute. One who hears the Bhagavad Gita as it is, actually hears the words directly from the lotus lips of the Lord. But unfortunate persons say that Gita is too antiquated for the modern man who wants to find out God by speculation or meditation. Okay, tomorrow we will read the third verse, the next verse. We shall stop here for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. The link to this book is in the description and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.